Thanks for joining us on our 99th episode. Today we'll be talking about The Stand, which is playing on CBS All Access, and they're releasing each episode by the week. Um, creator Josh Boone, you may know him from Fault in Our Stars and New Mutants, so it's not his first time adapting a novel, right? Because Fault in Our Stars was written by John Green, John right, Green, yeah. who also does AP History stuff, or did, right? Yeah, Crash Course. Crash Course. Um, Benjamin Cavill is also one of the creators for the show. He was a writer on Justified, which I know was one of your favorites. I don't recognize the name. And then also Homeland. So he's kind of in the realm of more action-y type yeah. things. So what do you like about Justified so much? I like the mostly the characters and really the way in which like everything kind of fell into place. I thought that six seasons with stuff like Sons of Anarchy it got a little tiresome, like in season six and season seven. But with Justified, it kind of got better as time went on. But you like the characters, so did they do a good job developing them? Yeah. One of the things I've heard that's negative about this show is that the characters aren't as well developed. I mean, you got a good development. I felt like of the main characters, Harold and Stu. Well, Harold's not actually a main, main character in the books. Oh, well, they treat him like one in the episode. There's a lot of characters. So, but first, let's go into something. I got my notes a little confused here, and I just want to make sure I have the right show. I have a lot of Stephen King stuff that I was going over, and there's just a lot of plots, and I think I got them mixed up. So just tell me when I get to the right plot of this show. Ready? Mm -hmm. Is it about a group of survivors who must fend for themselves against a mass of homicidal trucks? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's one of Stephen King's uh, movies, though, right? Like Monster Trucks or something like that? It could be, but I'll just move on. Is it about a small town that's suddenly cut off from the rest of the world by a transparent dome? No, that sounds like Under the Dome. With, 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 with Under the Dome. That had the guy from Breaking Bad in it, right? Right, yeah. Dean Norris? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it's not that. Is it about a bullied high school girl who goes to the prom and enacts vengeance yeah, while covered scary. in blood? No. What? Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Is it about James Franco going back in time and saving JFK only to have Wasn't his brother... like 11, to 22, only, 63? Up, only to, well, you're not sure yet because I have to finish the... Let me finish. All right? I'm going to start over now. James Franco goes back in time to save JFK only to have his brother Dave dog Cujo murder the president in his sleep. <laughs> I think you're combining a couple different things there. But one of them is the stand, right? No. No. Okay. Moving on. Uh, it's about an angry clown that follows some kids around and shoots Robert De Niro in the face. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I, I really don't know where you got the Robert De Niro from, but... Okay, so there is never... No. Um, there's not this a movie... This is chapter one or chapter two. No. Okay. And Robert De Niro... Is not in this show. Okay. Despite the amount of actors that there are. All right. And then the last one I have here, it has to be this one, right? post-apocalyptic world where a pandemic has killed the majority of people and the remaining ones are divided between two factions uh what are the two factions good and evil basically i mean yeah i guess great so we'll do the podcast on that one so this is the stand it was made into a series in 1994 and uh that also had a ton of money behind it a lot of famous people rob lowe um the girl from Breakfast Club, who Molly Ringwald. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, a huge cast, Ed Harris and stuff. Um, but this one also has a huge cast. Yeah. Were you surprised by some of the faces who showed up? Yeah, I was not expecting um, uh, Hamish Linklater to show up, and I also wasn't expecting James Morrison. Is Marsden. it pronounced Hamish or Hamish? I always pronounce it Hamish, but I'm not sure. And I and also J.K. Simmons shows up randomly. Like, there, there was just some... If this show continues to have random guest stars that are, like, A-list actors, I'm, I'm all for it. 
Um, and also... Not, so you like their characters? Yeah, the, and the, yeah, the characters were well-defined as well. I was also um, a fan of Harold's storyline. Like I said, he's a main character. We should say, you've never read The Stand. No, no. I've never read The Stand. I know it's Stephen King's longest book. He considered it to be the Lord of the Rings, but American it's like the version. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like over a thousand one hundred pages. Wow. So it's longer than it, and it is his second longest book, I think. Is it a limited series? Uh, is this a limited yeah, series? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's a mini series. Okay. It's nine episodes. Originally intended to be ten, but you've seen one out of nine. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have a good foundation of the premise? Yeah, where it's going. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so we it. focus on two different storylines. Um, the first, first episode. Yeah, the first thing we see is we see that um, Harold, in like this forward flash, has to go into this church and there's a ton of dead bodies and like maggots are eating away at them. It's really disgusting. It was scary, scarily kind of realistic to what is going to happen today. But this virus is more deadly than the COVID nineteen. It's killed, I believe, around so. seven billion people on the earth. And, yeah, and we um, only. We'll, well, it kills about 90-some percent of people. So, yeah, the majority yeah. of them. Yeah, and then uh, it's kind of too much for Harold, so he ends up throwing up. And then that's kind of when we get the backstory of his character, where he's someone who likes to stalk his sister's friend, um, who used to be his babysitter, named Franny. Was he stalking her even before the pandemic? Yeah, this is five months earlier, before the pandemic really hits. Because okay. this episode centers he's around... He's been described as a peeping Tom, but they say that his character isn't... It gets worse as the pandemic. Happens. yeah he like he becomes crazy. kind of like uh i guess more recluse i didn't and... well yeah he there's some very creepy stuff that he does but i was kind of confused on how to feel about his character because at the beginning of the episode we see yeah he's peeping on um franny and then two bullies come up from behind him and start hitting him and like uh i thought that we were supposed to feel sympathy for him but they bring up the fact that he had like a school shooting list and then his defense was oh no that was just science fiction that i was writing but they beat him up anyways and uh, you see him have to walk home didn't in the joker movie like they beat the joker up at the beginning yeah in a subway and you're supposed to feel sorry for him yeah well not in the subway i'm talking about while he was like oh yeah yeah, 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 you're talking the very beginning of the movie yeah so it feels like a very similar introduction yeah and it was and you see that he has to like walk past this beach with like him literally holding his bike because he can't ride it and then when you see him come home you see that his whole entire family is infected like his sister his mother and then and then his uh computer was also broken mm-hmm. so. and so when they're infected they have to go to cvs they have to get the covid t- or the uh, <laughs> pandemic test right no in fact his mom is just like completely recluse like i was wondering if they filmed this during covid because again it they was... did part partly but they finished it up they had to do a stalling break in february but they finished it up in march so right at the beginning it must have been incredibly strange to do that because again the it wasn't nearly is... to the extent that the pandemic like, they didn't see what the pandemic would turn into. Right, yeah. It was um, right at the beginning stages. But did you recognize who Harold was played by? No, I didn't know I was supposed to recognize him. Well, Owen Teague, he's been in several things. He's been in two other Stephen King ad- adaptations, one being The Cell, or Cell. Do you oh, know? oh, you mean the movie? Yes, John Cusack. And that, the movie that is it, considered Highly awful. 99% <laughs> on Tomatoes? <laughs> I don't think so, no. Okay, but yeah. <laughs> uh, he was also in It, and you will remember him from It because he played the bully. Yeah, yeah, the teenagers, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know, but, like, the main one, I'm saying. He's not the one that killed his, or, like, gets close to killing his dad. He's the other one, the one who has, Yeah, like, right, yeah, no. The, the black hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then, so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you like him as an actor? Did he do a good job? Yeah, he did a good job in this role. He was, there was just, again, I didn't know how to feel about him, because at first you feel sympathy for him, but then you see that, like, he's kind of... Where is he I, by the end? 
he's writing with Franny, um, the, his babysitter. He's convinced her to go to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. How has a creep like him convinced Franny it that takes he's a, a long good guy? Time. Uh, basically, what ends up happening is, for some reason, they are the only people that are alive during this virus. Yeah, it's it doesn't like Will seem Smith to affect and... them. Yeah, but I was wondering if like he somehow had something to do with that. Because, again, this is like the one girl that he's really liked. Well, you find out throughout the rest of the episode that he has nothing to do with the breakout, right? Yeah, but I was wondering if initially that was the case. Because he's the first story that's presented. Right, yeah. All right, how does that story play out? How does uh, her character... Franny, like... yeah, Franny falls into a deep state of depression. She's taking pills, and also her dad died. She's and... taking pills, or like the, the green pills from Queen's Gambit? Like depression no, pills? No, she, no, these are like pills that are just supposed to... Like she just was ready to die. Oh, okay. Like she was in the shower. And uh, Harold, being kind of the stalker that he is, like runs into the house, makes her throw up the pills, and then is like, look, we can get to Atlanta georgia um because that's where the cdc is it's also where you can film stuff for like they filmed the walking dead in atlanta georgia i didn't know that but yeah they're like we can they can run tests on us and they can see what's going on anyone who's still alive and then she like reluctantly agrees to that um and harold is one of the things that makes him creepy is he found a dead cop in the street (laughs) go ahead Uh, and he took a gun and so you don't really know what's going to happen with him because, again, he's... I don't know if that's creepy, though, because it's like you're in a world where it's now going to be dictated by whatever law is around. Yeah, but in the in the front flash that we get, we see that um they find a Tom Cruise, po- uh, like, magazine cover. Everybody keeps talking about Tom Cruise in yeah, this, in this uh, show. I didn't understand why. Yeah, well, then they he tapes that Tom Cruise cover to the mirror and starts to try and act like him, but you can see his smile. It, it looks like him, but it's, he's just able to do it really creepily. So he did a good job. And then we get uh, James Marsden's story. Well, what did you think of the flash forwards, flashbacks? A lot of people who didn't like this episode criticized it for that specifically. Because the book itself doesn't have that. The miniseries doesn't have that. This was basically the creative team thinking, well, let's make it a, a little bit like Lost. I could have done without the flashbacks. Or sorry, flash forwards. Um, because Flashbacks, they, flash forwards. There's a lot of yeah, them apparently. Yeah, flashbacks in flashbacks. Oh, I didn't even know that. But yeah, the flash forwards themselves, they didn't... I felt like you could just have the story keep going. You it could didn't have been need to see where it happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, In fact, one of my things about the show is I, I liked it. I think that the pros do outweigh the cons. But I could have done with like an extra story, like an extra main well, story. Well, it doesn't start the same way that the book or the miniseries started. So the ending scene, which kind of describes a little bit about the virus, right? Yeah. What, that, what happens there? Yeah, Campion, I believe. Campion from Raised by Wolves. Raised by Wolves. Yes, yes he's in the show. <laughs> okay. But he's in the military, and after he's exposed to the virus, he runs home, and he tries to get his family away from the place that they are right away. Like, Sally is his wife. She mm-hmm. grabs the baby, and they don't even, have, like, pack. They just go in the car, and they start driving, and they drive past a hitchhiker, and the weirdest part about the whole entire episode, it was the ending, was when he looks in the rearview mirror, the hitchhiker is there, but like in Sarah's body or something. Like it was, it was strange. Well, who's the hitchhiker played by? I, I can see it was Alexander Sarsgaard. It I may have been. His... That's what I was thinking you would say. Yeah, I saw his name pop up and I was like, oh, that's another. So you person. didn't get to meet Randall Flagg too much. No, no. You didn't not. see someone with cowboy boots on. No. Okay. Well, he plays the main villain of the series, Randall Flagg. His brother has also been in the Stephen King universe, it, yeah. whether it be it or also Castle Rock which isn't based on a specific Stephen King like book or series that he's done, but kind of exists in his world because all his books exist in one place. Oh, it's like Quentin Tarantino where it's like every yes, single but story. to a bigger thing because like, I don't know, Stephen King's had like hundreds of books. Yeah, and they're crazier stories. I literally started writing down all the ones that I'd heard of from Carrie the Shining Cujo, the Dead Zone. Um, 
Children of the Corn Firestarter, which is getting another series or movie that's coming out pretty soon. Pet Cemetery, Misery, The Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, The Mist. Uh, <laughs> and when that. you talk about the military, The Mist is like another one that relies directly. Yeah. Sometimes, and the, the thing that annoys me about Stephen King is he borrows too much from himself. And I think he takes away from some of his better works by overwriting. Um, what do you but, mean by that? Like, um, he's a good writer and he knows how to write, but I think he just writes so much that sometimes his characters become kind of ridiculous or simple. Um, I didn't like the Mercedes, uh, series reading it. And I know a lot of people do like that series. It, it felt dumb. He uses, he overuses the word kiddies. (laughs) I I don't like that word. Um, and then, but I did like Nightmares and Dreamscapes, the one episode that ended this whole mess. Right. Yeah. It felt like a Black Mirror before Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't I don't have anything against him. He actually has his own thoughts on a lot of these series that have been created and adapted into either movies or shows. Yeah, I know that he thinks that like the Shawshank Redemption and the was it the Mist? He thinks is like one of some of his best work. Well, he thinks the Mist's ending, the way that they changed it, was way better than his own. Mm-hmm. But the well-known one is that he doesn't like the addition to The Shining. The Shining, yeah, and how it was presented because he finds that Jack Nicholson was playing crazy the entire time and he doesn't see much of an arc while his character in the book of Jack Torrance is supposed to go from like a normal guy to a crazy guy. Right, yeah. I also don't think that Stephen King's like twists are that scary or unexpected ever. And so he has these great premises that he starts off books and series by, but they always seem very predictable in the way that they end. Right, and that was the thing about this episode was that that ending, I'm not sure if that's how the book starts off, but it just, it was the most science fiction that I got and it seemed a little unrealistic from everything that I was seeing prior. Oh, it's a very sci-fi show though, because you have, again, the good versus evil aspect of it. And on one end, you have Whoopi Goldberg. who Yeah, she shows up for a second in this episode. It was weird. She was like in a cornfield then she spoke to Franny in a dream. So in the original, um, The Stand, the book, and also the remade edition in 1990, uh, it's a lot of white characters. So they spent a lot of time in this cast trying to diversify it for the better. But with Whoopi's character specifically, she didn't want to play the magic Negro. Like she didn't Uh, want to play that archetype that has always been like sort of a racist right, yeah. connection. So she wanted to humanize a character and give her her own flaws. Some people have found that taking away too much from the good versus evil aspect, saying, hey, this doesn't really match up with how, if you have Alexander Skarsgård playing a devilish type character and her playing like an angel, why are they, or why is she specifically so flawed as a character? I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of her. Okay, so we won't get too much into that. I will ask you though, because Randall Flagg, he is part of, obviously, the evil yeah, group right. um, in charge of that. He was originally going to be played by Matthew McConaughey, or Josh Boone <laughs> wanted him to. And I want to give you four reasons why, and you have to tell me which one is the truth. Okay. Either one, it's because he played that character in The Dark Tower. That movie that came out a few years ago. I know that on, you have three others, but I think it's that one, but go ahead. Or he played that character in The Stand, the 1994 version, because he was around back then and he was possibly in The Stand. Okay. Uh, another one is that he knows, Josh Boone knows that Matthew McConaughey is a huge Stephen King fan and has read every single one of his books. Or the last one, he thinks Matthew is genuinely a scary dude. Huh. Well, I'm not sure if Frailty was one of Stephen King's books or not, but if it was... I don't think it was. 
Okay. Then it's I'm, one of the few horror stories that isn't a Stephen King thing. Then I'll go with the first one that you play that same character what, in the what Dark frailty? Tower. I didn't mention frailty. No, but I'm saying that if frailty was a Stephen King book, uh-huh. then he might be like a big fan of it because yes. he played. But um, I'll go with the Dark Tower one. Well, you'd be right. So that character, it's not called Randall in that he's played like by the the man in black or something like that. Yeah. A lost connection almost. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he wanted him to play that. And then he wanted uh, James Marsden's character to be played by Christopher Nolan. No, not Christopher Nolan. That would have been Christian amazing. Bale. <laughs> <laughs> I always get those two mixed up. I don't know why. Go ahead. Um, but so we also get Stu's storyline. He is a character that... Yeah, Stu is the he, James Marsden one, right? Yeah, yeah. He's very much like the character in Cantagian of Matt Damon. He's like supposed to be the one that you really see through the eyes of he's immune to the disease much like matt damon is in the movie is he sort and, of like the westworld version of himself because that guy's no. also supposed to be i mean the yeah guy we see it through yeah, yeah i mean he's the hero he's definitely like the clear hero where harold you're not really sure how to feel about him um like james marson you're supposed to like him mm-hmm. his name's Stu. and then we see hamish Linklater, who is dr jim ellis kind of help him throughout the adventure they transport him to a different hospital because there's a virus in this like place that they are at mm-hmm. um and then there's an evil uh, villain named Cobb that's his last name and Cobb ends up killing Hamish Link later later on in the episode but uh James Marsden gets out kind of unscathed why does Cobb kill him uh, because he's been infected with the virus. Oh, okay. And so is Dr. It Jim sounds Ellis. like so many vampire type series where it's like, oh no, they they have to turn on their person who gets... Uh, yeah. Was it The Passage or whatever? Reminds me of that. And as much as I rag on some of the Stephen King stuff, like he has um, influenced so many good yeah, books that I like. Mm-hmm. So for instance, the Nosferatu series, which I don't think they did justice to yeah, when they we'll talk it. about that next episode, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but with Nosferatu, the book itself is quite interesting. And at the very end, they do have some crazy twists. And he also thanks Stephen King and says, I would not have been able to make this. The, uh, right. The creators of Lost said that Lost would not exist if it wasn't Without for The Stand. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Specifically this. Okay, yeah. Yes. And so it's just, it trails off into creating this great universe of different stuff that we Yeah, and and that's the thing. I really like Hamish Linklater's and Stu's. uh, Their conversations, they seemed really interesting, and you got to learn a lot about the virus just from that. How about J.K. Simmons? Because J.K. Simmons' character is played more favorably than he has been portrayed in the past. Yeah, because right after uh, everyone dies that Stu knows, you hear this voice come from, like, all around. It reminded mm-hmm. me of the Kingsman thing, where, like, Samuel Jackson is able to speak to everyone in all these different rooms, and James Marsden follows his instructions and then walks in, and there's J.K. Simmons. And obviously, he's great in the role. He's great in basically everything he does. I'd agree, but I'd say that he's learned to play basically himself in everything. Yeah. So when you see him on screen, you're like, okay, yeah, no, this he, is going to be J.K. Simmons. Really him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he gives James Marsden a gun and is like, you know, go out there and learn about the virus, but tell everyone that, like, I was good at my job. And then James Marsden is like, of course. And then he, James Marsden goes out in the open. And that's kind of where his uh, story leaves off. Yeah. You won't be seeing much of J.K. Simmons from now on. Yeah, no, we see him die. Yeah. So actually, sorry, no. I mean, there are backlashes. He shoots himself. Actually, that's what happens. Okay, so he is given a more heroic death than I think he's given in the books. Mm -hmm. But overall, the series right now is a five point seven on IMDb. It also has like a fifty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Generally, when I read all the critical reviews, almost all of them said it was 
very, not embarrassing, but uh, what's the word? Uh, meandering, low-key character development, really? and disappointing mess. And I think most of it had to do with the fact the flashes just went out of order so much. Yeah, however, I wasn't going to be a big fan of However, when I did read some of the individual fan reviews, whether it be on IMDb or on Reddit, there are a lot of people who liked it, even people who read the books who said, this is a fine adaptation, I really didn't have that much of a problem with it. Well, there were others who who were just going after the series like crazy. One part of me. Oh, a lot of people didn't like it because of, or a lot of people were supporting it, saying like, "I love Amber Heard," like because apparently there had been some criticism on the fact that she had a role in this show. Um, because yeah, and then there's right. also criticism on the fact that there is a deaf character. He's one of the main characters. I remember him from the miniseries. Uh, the miniseries has a seven point two, by the way. Who uh, they cast someone who could hear. Oh, okay. And, and yeah. so that, that right. obviously read, led to its own kind of criticism. But they need him to be able to hear is what the show's defense was because in backflashes, he is able to hear. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I see one part of me was like, this show is really good. And then the other part of me was like, this has some problems. I heard that there were a smattering of poignant moments. So I was curious, yeah, what, what's your like favorite moment? They moment? played The Stranger, the song from Billy Joel, like at the very end. And they only played the intro part. And then I was like, oh, I want to hear the whole song. And then during the end credits, that's when they go into the actual. Yeah, the end song. scene where they're like, where the guy is infecting everybody, right? Where, well, the where, end scene is the person is when the guy is in the backseat of the car. Yeah, but the military guy ditching with his right, family yeah, and right, sort of infecting. Exactly. That's the first scene of the book. That's the first That's scene. It like kicks yeah. off to a kind of like... And the show being criticized for the interweaving of different plots and not making much sense time-wise is kind of... Um, it's funny that they labeled it The End. That's the name of the first yeah, episode. That, yeah. Because in a way, it's almost highlighting... The fact that they're, <laughs> they're going out of order. Yeah. Um, they originally wanted to have the end by the doors being played by musically, but they couldn't afford it because of the tight budget, right, which I yeah. found funny because of the tight end, budget, tight really? budget because of all the people. But they that, got Billy Joel. That's I guess it's I just mean, cheaper for that. OK, maybe. Yeah. Um, um, there were some parts of the show that had me kind of like on the edge of my seat. That's the reason why I'm so scared, surprised it got scared or like, well, like when James Marsden has to leave the hospital, that's part of, that was like interesting to me. So I was like, Oh, what's going to happen? So I'm surprised it has that low review on, uh, on IMDb, but I definitely see with uh, like a lot of the scenes where Harold is just kind of like staring at Franny and not really doing much until they actually leave town. I can see why it would have low reviews. Okay. So we've talked about most of the main characters from mother Abigail to Randall flags too there's a ton of other ones that weren't introduced in the first episode that they're gonna like slowly weave in um but if you had to guess right now like where this is going for the end it's like trying to guess the lord of the rings right. from the beginning yeah. to the end that you just I, guess that frodo is gonna throw that ring in there but, well i'm guessing that um franny is probably going to kill uh harold because she's going to realize that oh no sorry that's not going to happen no because in the end of the episode we see that james marsden is with um franny that's one of the front in the future, flashes yeah in the future and harold is like really and when mad you about say it. with are they like dating they're dating and she's pregnant do you think. know how old james marsden is in real life no he's like double her age and more yeah that, <laughs> she's that like 22 sense. and he's like 47 or yeah, something yeah you can kind of see the age difference but then harold's got to be like what the hell yeah, no, <laughs> yeah he is he and he's even like i'm probably gonna oh you know where else them. you saw harold uh black mirror episode he was in the anthology the one where the mom was like keeping tabs on her daughter so it was that guy yeah archangel right yes yeah 
Yeah, so, but he, yeah, he does that again, a really good job of playing creepy, and he is saying that he's going to kill both of them. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Harold's going to die, especially since this is a limited series, and I think that the virus, I don't know, with being Stephen King, it could wipe out just everyone. He did write the last episode of this series, so people are looking forward to that. It's funny because they had a New York Times article that had him talking about every single series that's been adapted for him so far. And it's most of them he's liked stuff like Under the Dome. He hasn't been afraid of saying, like, I like the first few episodes. But by the end, I realized that ABC was literally just trying to make it mm-hmm. or was it CBS. One of them was just trying to basically make meatloaf. I think it was ABC. But yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so he wasn't a fa- in favor of those ones. Um and then, but he likes to write a lot of the series that he does. He actually wrote the 1994 version, which I said was received pretty right. well and, and nostalgically is looked at as a good thing. Right, yeah. There is a bit of a Ready Player One scenario where the casting just sort of ignores how unattractive some of the characters are written. Like Harold specifically, I think it's supposed to be overweight. and Yeah, ugly. Harold isn't overweight in this, but he, he is like, they, they, mean, they mean to make him look ugly. They, yeah, but more the way he acts than the way he looks. Like, with Ready Player well, One, was, Wade was supposed to be just, like, completely right, a but gross Her- guy. Harold, one of the reasons why Franny doesn't want to see him is that Harold does speak to her, like, when they... when he was her, the last She year. was his babysitter, right? Yeah, and... But he, I think in real life, they're probably closer to the same age. Well, yeah, I think so. But I, they look that way anyways, but... Um, does she look older is my question. Uh, no, in fact, I think Harold looks older, so... That's weird makeup, but he acts like a conspiracy theorist. He believes there was all this information that the government did for this virus. Well, and it did in this did, case. So, in, but that that they took it down, like when the internet did they? Yeah, because they. I don't think the internet like exists anymore. Well, so this originally took place in the '80s, and then they moved it to the '90s, and now it's been moved again to the 2020s. Um, I think James Marsden even said it's kind of Shakespearean, and every adaptation of it can be changed sort of to wherever you are. Um, and I think, I think here they're in Oregon, but I think we get so many post-apocalyptic movies and dictations of that sort that you can kind of do that with any story. Yeah, it's just true. kind of the same tropes, and you don't you want to avoid. You want to actually add something to the conversation. So, do you think that this show will do that? Because right now it sets up when I hear about Whoopi Goldberg and uh, and then like the bad character, it sounds almost like the Matrix. I know that's a weird comparison but like good versus bad uh, yeah it also reminded me a little bit of the shivering truth which i know is also working uh, isn't that that really bad cartoon network it's show? a cartoon network gamut so yeah the tone just like was very very dark throughout so oh the tone in this was very dark yeah and it no comedy me of no not really jk simmons wasn't funny no jk all right what grade would you give it a b c d yeah uh like c minus c minus mm. okay so it still passes yeah you'd still watch another episode well, that's not what that means, but no. What would you give it to? The movie? I'd give it like a B plus. Okay, so you like that one. Yeah. All right, I'm trying to just range it for myself if I want to see it. Um, yeah, so this is where we'll leave it for this episode. Tune in to our 100th. It'll be our last episode of the year. We'll be going over all 99 previous episodes and the shows that they ended up becoming, whether they got canceled or if there was something crazy that happened story-wise. We'll find funny facts and it should be a fun show. We will also be ranking our favorite 10 episodes. Yeah, just 10. Not like... Wait, can you imagine if we tried to rank all 99? That'd be crazy. I think that's what I wanted to do originally. Yeah, that was the original plan. Um, so thanks for listening to this one. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.